when we are aware, man, I'm not very good at that. Don't let that stop us. Like, oh, I'm going to mess up the people I'm ministering to. No, 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 no. God's called you to minister knowing your limitations. Remember, God intentionally limits each of us because it takes the whole body of Christ. What's up, everyone? Justin and Tim here. On today's episode, acknowledging and avoiding how we hurt others in trying to help. The Quiet Reformation is a space of listening for God through the Bible and the body of Christ, desiring change in the church, but without the chaos. This podcast is a small part of the ministry of Netzer. Netzer works intimately with Christian leaders and speaks widely to the church at large about spiritual renewal. We are a donor-supported 501c3 ministry. Please visit netzer.org to donate and find out more. Happy New Year, Tim. Happy New Year, Justin. (laughs) (laughs) I had to get off mute. We're just going to have to leave that. We're just going to leave that in there. That's making it to the final cut. (laughs) Hey, since it's a new year, did you have any enjoyable instances with family, friends, or what's what's one thing you enjoyed as as 2023 ended and 2024 started? The last day of 2023, I finished my book. Ooh. So it was a uh, one of those like it just got in before the end of the year. And it wasn't that wasn't like a deadline for me. It just mm-hmm. happened. And I was like, man, that was fun. Feels good. It feels real good. Yeah. And that's your memoir about learning how to swim as a child, right? <laughs> I think I think so. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, what's the what's the the general topic of it? It is the gospel for for relationships. So it is how the gospel transforms our relationships. That's cool. One of my highlights of the of the new year was not finishing anything. It was just hanging out with people. We went out New Year's Eve, and because we're in our forties and have young kids, we get we still go to bed at like ten ten thirty on on New Year's Eve. We went and we got some wings and some food. And one of my friends, there was this digital jukebox. So you didn't even know who was playing music from this digital jukebox. So you could just go scan it and then you could be on your phone in anonymity and do whatever. And it's loud. Wow. So we're there and all of a sudden <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks comes on with the song What's New Pussycat. Oh yeah. And it was like the most obnoxious song in the world and my friend is over there just like <laughs> snickering to himself. Everybody's like, what is going on? Who picked the song? We knew who. It was that guy. That made me laugh very hard going into the new year. So thank you. Thank you, my friend Ron, for being that guy. That guy. And you went to bed at like 1030 or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had 18 teenagers at our house. So it was a different story. Yeah. Cool. Well, happy new year to all of our listeners. Hope 2024 is is a good one for you, both in the ebbs and flows of life. Before we jump into the topic today, today's topic is actually connected with a live event we're going to be having coming up in February. Tim, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, this is a uh, one church leaders gathering. And so for pastors and leaders around the area, that's marketplace leaders, pastors, ministry leaders, and uh, we're coming together for a time of worship. It's always really encouraging. 
when you have a bunch of other people in the area who are really hungry for worship and get to worship together. Those are special spaces, even more so in my experience than your average Sunday morning church service, because they tend to be people who are really hungry. We'll, we'll come together, have a time of worship. We'll move into a time of equipping where there will be some teaching, but then the rest of the time is table discussions and then responding in prayer for the different areas that we're coming from. As Justin said, it's on uh, February 22nd. And uh, to register for that, you got to go to netzer.org backslash gather. Hopefully registration will still be open. Spots are filling up quick. So by the time this comes out, it may be closed, but hopefully it'll still be open and you can grab a seat. We'd love to have you. The event is for pastors and and leaders of various kinds. And we're the topic is touching on the equipping that you're going to be doing. So those that are listening right now, though, should they just tune out because they're not officially in any kind of leadership position or pastor, or is there going to be something that they should stay tuned for the next couple of minutes to listen to what you got for them? There's a couple different reasons why it's important for all of our listeners to tune in to what we're talking about today. Some of the best pastors I know are not in the position of pastor at a church. Some of the best pastors who we've encountered are not on staff. They're not ordained. They're not recognized as pastors, but they function like pastors in their relationships. Those are the kinds of people who the kingdom of God is kind of built around. You know, we we experience the kingdom of God moving when people function out of what God's put in their heart more than functioning out of a position in an organization. Secondly, um, ministry is a vital part of the life of every follower of Jesus. So every follower of Jesus has a call to ministry, not just clergy, not just church staff, not just ministry leaders. If you're listening today, know this, please. God has a ministry calling on you. Even if you don't know and walk with Jesus yet, he's got a ministry calling for you. We're, we're told in Ephesians 4 that we were preordained for things that that God has for us to do. And so uh, we're all wired a bit differently though. So ministry doesn't look the same for each of us. It looks very different. And the the contexts in which we're called to minister are different and the needs in which uh, that that, that exist in each of those contexts are different. So uh, there's all these different nuances and variants of ministry for each of us individually. So, uh, but then we each are different from one another, the way we're designed. So therefore the way that we approach ministry, our ministry is different from one another. Even if we're in the same context, meeting the same needs, our ministry is still going to be different because we're wired differently. So today we're talking about the differences in ministry focus and the difference in ministry motivation. And we're not going to be exhaustive about that. We're going to create kind of a spectrum around that and give a broad stroke understanding of it to help us try to identify ourselves in relationship to the rest of the body of Christ somewhat. That's for all of us. So if you're in the body of Christ, tune into this and let's think about ministry motivation and ministry focus together. There's obviously many different things that we can focus on in ministry, but one of the basic tensions in ministry focus is between principles and people. And when we talk about people ministry, that's kind of the ministry of presence, like being present with people. You know, uh, some of us are more oriented toward being present with people, while others 
tend to be more focused on people being conformed to God's principles. The, these two things are by no means mutually exclusive, and many people embody both of these things. But that's kind of uh, one of the focus tensions we're going to talk about. Are we more oriented on just being present with people and kind of bringing the presence of God to people, or are we looking to bring people into conformity with God's principles? And that's one of the uh, the focus tensions that we're looking at. So to some degree, to to make it too black and white, is it is it kind of like a, a grace and truth kind of spectrum a little bit? While we know ultimately, biblically, those two things go together, but on a spectrum why sometimes we can be towards truth and about principle, and other times we can be towards grace and presence with people? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a healthy parallel uh, spectrum to look at or parallel tension to look at. It's not an exact one-to-one just because those are theological terms, so they, they have a lot more to them. Than, than just this. But I do think you're right. I mean, we tend to, when we're focused more on people um, and being present with them, we tend to function more from a paradigm of the the grace. We're leaning more into the theological uh, camp of grace or the theological container of grace. And then definitely on the principle side, we're going to lean more into the truth side. But then again, there's more to truth than just principles. There's the narrative of Christ and who he is and that sort of thing. So then on that on that spectrum, on that scale of focus, we have principle or we have presence. And then what about the 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 motivation, the ministry motivation scale or spectrum? What's what's that about? It's important to qualify. There's lots of different ways. When we're talking about motivation, it's essential that we qualify that I'm not talking so much. We're not talking so much today about the specific kinds of things that motivate us in each person. For example, I might get motivated by justice issues or by making sure that we're righteous, or I might be motivated by like knowledge, having great knowledge or connecting with people. They're all different things that can motivate me, but I'm on a general spectrum of ministry in general. I'm talking about uh, something a little more Broad. So those other things would be a great topic for another day, but this is a more basic question. Am I more motivated to be or to bring Jesus to people in their current state or to help people move from their current state into the more abundant life that God has for them? Now, let me simplify that in the, to the two words that, we're, that, that I want to uh, put as kind of polar parts of the tension. Are we meeting people in the reality of where they are and sitting with them in that place? Or are we seeing the possibility of what they can be and trying to urge them or uh, encourage them or strengthen them or convince them or whatever, lead them into that place of possibility? So reality or possibility would be the, the motivational tension. Do I want to meet people in the reality or bring people to their potential? We have the tension between principle and presence. We have the tension between reality and possibility, right? It might help us to actually say principle and people. So um, principle or people, and then reality and possibility. That's an interesting tension to think about in our ministries. Does does that matter? Like, what's what, what do we do with that as we think about that? That's a great question. <laughs> what do we do now if we think about our ministry focus and our ministry motivation? 
I mean, I really hope this matters because I don't want to waste everybody's time. I believe this is a, a really beneficial thing for us to think through. There's a lot of biblical examples uh, around these tensions. One of the biggest reasons to, to go after this is to think about your leadership whether and your ministry, whether that's in your home or at your workplace or in a, a church ministry you're running or in your neighborhood, whatever. Think about your ministry and where you lean on these scales. Nobody's perfectly balanced in the middle of all these, you know, like we all kind of lean one direction or the other. There's a real danger that if I'm only ministering out of my focus and my motivation, that it can be limited, that that ministry is limited at best. And if I'm not aware of it and, and not working at that, it can become unhealthy. If I'm only leaning on one side of those scales, then the other part's missing. And, and therefore, the fullness of what it looks like to minister to others is creating gaps that can be kind of dangerous gaps for the people who we're ministering to. That's one of the reasons why this really matters and it makes a big difference. Could you unpack some of those dangers or some of those gaps that might play out practically in our life? So I'm a pastor. If I'm leaning too much into presence and possibility, like what might that mean uh, as far as I'm trying to help somebody, but how might I actually be not helping them if I'm unbalanced in my in my focus of ministry and in my motivation of ministry? Okay. Yeah, that's good. Well, why don't we start with the one you talked about? If, I, if I'm really high on the presence side, the people side, then that means I'm really just trying, I'm trying to be with people. And I think that this relationship that I'm having with the person is the best thing that I have to offer them, right? Like that, that's the main thing I have to offer them. And so I'm trying to be very relationally present, but then I also, I don't want people to just sit in the reality of where they are. I want them to be pushed into the possibility of where they could be. So at that intersection of being people focused, but seeing their potential and their possibility. There's also this thing where I can subtly and unintentionally move into a place where I'm over promising them. I'm casting vision. You could be doing this, man. <laughs> like God has this on your life. And I get really excited for you and we dream together and I'm with you and I'm relationally there, but I could end up in a spot where I'm over promising and setting people up for major disappointment in their life um, because I, I have a lot of hope for them. But if I'm not leaning into principle, there may be things that are not right in their life yet that are going to keep them from getting to that spot. But I'm not dealing with principle. Or if I'm not sitting with them in the reality of where they are, I'm not seeing the reality of their situation. So I don't understand how much it takes for them to get to the place of possibility. And so I can be uh, have oversight in my mind where I'm not dealing with reality and I can be not understanding the principle of sowing and reaping and that there might be changes, principle changes that need to happen in their life. So I might be over promising in that situation where I'm just present with them. I'm really encouraging, um, but it can lead to being, you know, over promising accidentally because it's not being balanced by reality and by principle. So that's one of those things. And, and, and in each of these, we could go a little deeper. I'll just quickly touch on a couple of them. One is, uh, again, say I'm still very much a people-focused, relationship-focused more than principle, but I'm not trying to just 
see a person move forward. I really want to just sit with the person where they are, you know? So, you know, this, I'm trying to have compassion for them. I'm trying to be present with them. I'm not trying to push them forward or get anything, uh, you know, out of their life. The, the problem with that is that I can accidentally slide into a place where I'm enabling people, where they're getting from me what they feel like they need, but nothing's actually improving in their life. The principles aren't getting better and they're not moving toward anything further forward. And they're kind of getting more okay with that because they have a good friend who's there. And so uh, that that's danger. And in the same way, if I'm sitting with people in reality, but I do have principle, but I'm not really leaning into presence or relationship. I'm just looking at the reality. I'm like, oh, I see your reality. And that's a tough reality. And I'm seeing the principles in your life. And it's like, oh, that's really tough. I don't know how you would overcome that. Like, you know, like you're, you're, yeah, these things in your life are not good, but I don't know how to help you move forward or I'm not trying to get you to move forward. And I'm not even trying to be that present with you. I'm just trying to sit in that space and see where you are. So you see that someone else sees you. That at best can be, you know, Job's friends coming alongside of him to lament his situation with him. But at worst, it can get to a spot where it's commiserating. Um, and that means that I'm just sitting there being miserable with you and I'm not doing anything to actually encourage you or to give you hope, you know, and that can be a real, a real dangerous thing. And I'll touch on, on, on just the, the last uh, intersection, which would be if I'm a principle oriented person, in other words, I'm trying to bring people into the principles of God and I see possibility and potential for their life. Now I'm a person who I'm like, I'm looking at you and I'm saying, look, if you would just fix these things in your life, then you'd be able to get here, you know? And sometimes it really lacks compassion. It lacks reality of some of the deeper systemic issues that that person's dealing with, the situational issues they're dealing with. And that can lead us to a place where we're just shaming people, where we're saying, your life could be this if you would just do this. And then the person doesn't walk away having steps to actually improving. Instead, they just start to be like, oh, I'm never going to get there, you know, because I'm never going to be that good. And they function more in shame. So as a local church ministry leader, as a pastor, I can see in different types of relationships, me going into some of those things unintentionally, where I'm either commiserating with somebody or shaming somebody and trying to bring truth. So it's one thing for me to like sit with those things and be aware and acknowledge those things. But then what do, what are like some steps, some just really basic steps to start that as we're kind of assessing our ministry, assessing our focus in our ministry and our motivation, what's a way to avoid those pitfalls though? What are ways to avoid those dangers so that we can minister more effectively the point of this teaching is not to be critical or to be negative of ourselves or of others. The point is to locate ourselves and be self-aware so that we can find ways to more holistically minister. So firstly, we need to acknowledge that we're not going to get it, that we're not going to be perfect. Even within our lane, we're not going to be perfect. Even within our focus and our motivation, we're still not going to get that perfect, let alone be able to function outside of our focus and outside of of our motivation. The first thing is, is to not let the fear of getting it wrong stop us from ministering. So when we are aware, man, I'm not very good at that. Don't let that stop us. Like, oh, I'm going to mess up the people I'm ministering to. No, 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 no. God's called you to minister knowing your limitations. Remember, God intentionally 
limits each of us. We only get certain gifts and certain motivations because it takes the whole body of Christ. Secondly, we're going to acknowledge our weak spots. We acknowledge that we're not going to get it perfect, but we're going to keep ministering. But then we're going to acknowledge where our weaknesses actually are. If possible, we name them when it's appropriate to those we're ministering to. So if I'm in a relationship with a person or I'm in a, a teaching someone some something or instructing them, if we have good self-awareness of what we're not good at, we're going to tell the people we're ministering to, hey, I just want you to know, like, I'm, I'm going to be here for you, but I have a hard time speaking truth. So there may be things that you need to hear that I'm just not the person who's really good at confrontation. And there may be hard things you need to hear that I'm if either not even seeing in you, you know, because I always see the best in people, or it might be that you're a principle oriented person. And you're going to just going to say, look, I really struggle with empathy. I really struggle with relationship and I don't want to stop helping you. So like, if I'm going to be offensive or anything like that, I, I want to like, just name that ahead of time so that you can, you know, you can be aware that that's uh, a weak spot. So Firstly, we're acknowledging we're not going to get it perfect and we're going to continue ministering. Secondly, we're acknowledging our weak spots, naming them when it's appropriate to the people we're ministering to. And then as a result of being aware of our weak spots, we're also going to find partners. And this is important. When you look at how Jesus partners off the 12 disciples and how he partners Paul with people, typically you look at those people and you're like, they're different from one another. The Apostle John and the Apostle Peter, they're almost like fully represent the picture of relationship and principle, you know? And over time, you watch as John matures, and by the time he's writing uh, some of his stuff, you hear a lot more principle, but John's definitely a relationship guy. And Peter, right from the beginning, is a principle guy, you know? And it's obvious. But Jesus partners them together for good reason. And so it's good to say, to understand this and have it not be a thing that takes us out, but instead says, who do I need to partner with? And it might be difficult to partner with the people who bring the other thing. And that's, that's good tension for us to have. So that's the third thing is to find the right partners. And then here's the most important thing. If you don't hear anything else from the podcast, please hear this. The most important thing to recognize when we see this whole kind of spectrum of ministry focus and ministry motivation, the most important thing is that we recognize that what people mostly need is not me. What they mostly need is not just another person. What people mostly need is the person of Jesus Christ. Our goal is to get people reliant and dependent on Jesus. We're trying to introduce people consistently, even people who have had a long-standing relationship with Jesus. Our goal is each day to reintroduce them to Jesus as we minister. We want people reintroducing us to Jesus on a regular basis so that we're saying, ah, right, when he's here, when Christ is here, it provides relationship and principle. It deals with reality and it moves me toward possibility. When we look at Christ in the Gospels, we see someone who fully embodies all of this all the time. And so as ministers of the Gospel of Jesus, our primary thing is we're speaking the good news about Jesus. We are living the good news about Jesus. We're relating to people 
with the good news of Jesus. We're bringing the good news of Jesus to the reality of where they are, and we're inviting them into the possibilities that come from the gospel of Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. And so we're saying, if, if you can get connected to Jesus, he's the healer, not me. He's the transforming power, not me. He's the perfectly faithful friend, not me. That's the, the primary way that we find ourselves protected and more well-rounded is when we say, I need to be partnered with others who are unlike me, and we together need to introduce people to the person of Jesus. So we're partnering together to help people encounter and experience the presence and the truth of the gospel of Jesus. Again, for those that are in the southeastern Pennsylvania region, we're having a gathering on February 22nd. You can check the show notes for a link or visit netzer.org slash gather. We would hope that you could join us if there's room. We're not just going to be doing teaching and equipping, but we're also going to be conversing with one another, talking about our ministry context, praying with one another, worshiping together, relying on Christ, not just as individuals, but as the church. Remember that you are a priest. If you are in Christ, you are a priest of the Most High God. You were put here to help to embody his kingdom. And so may you be blessed today, and we'll see you on the next episode.